Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how you can commit to wealth. My guest in this episode is Juan Vargas. Juan is a real estate investor active in the multifamily niche and principal of Gen Wealth Capital Group. I, by the way, have launched another podcast, Cashflow Investing Secrets. It's a shorter show, 10 minutes or less, where I share one concept and or idea at a time that I've learned from interviewing over 500 Cashflow Ninjas. Uh, You can check out the new show on your favorite podcast platform or your favorite video or live streaming platform by simply typing in Cashflow Investing Secrets and you'll find the show. Other valuable resources I can offer is access to our private Facebook group, You could go to Facebook and search Cashflow Ninja Community to join us and our exclusive investor community. You can email me at info at cashflowninja.com for more information. On October 25th, there's another Learn and Grow event at the historic Renault Winery in southern New Jersey, just outside of Atlantic City. The event is hosted by Josh and Melanie McCallan. And it is a fantastic quarterly event to meet and network with fantastic people, learn from speakers and other attendees, and you get to enjoy amazing food and wine, and wait for it, American champagne. I'm super excited to be involved in this resort rehab project, and I'm attending the event with people from my meetup, investors group, and other Cashflow Ninja listeners, and it would be awesome if you could join us at this event. This is a resort, so if you're traveling there, there is a hotel to stay at on the property, along with the other amenities, uh, such as the spa, restaurants, golf course, wedding venues, and of course, the winery. You can email me at info at for more information. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobsher, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Juan, welcome to the show. Hey, MC, man, it's a pleasure to be on your show, man. I've listened to your show uh, many, many times, and you've had like a ton of uh, great guests. Um, so, man, it's, it's a real honor that for me uh, to, uh, to be you know, on that list of, uh, you know, of guests. You know, so, man, it's, so it's my pleasure, man. It really is. 
Yeah, great to connect and uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, congratulations on all the success. I followed your progress through the years as well when we first connected. So mm-hmm. it's, been a, it's been a pleasure to watch. For our listeners and our viewers not familiar with who you are and what you do, can you share a little bit about your background and your journey? Sure, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so, um, you know, my, my background was, you know, has some, actually nothing to do with uh, real estate, you know, in particular, um, you know, but uh, however, I was around, you know, real estate, you know, as, as a kid, you know, and that was through my, my father, you know, so he had rental houses and, um, you know, that's how I, you know, kind of started learning the business a little bit as a kid. And I remember him telling me, you know, hey, you know, whenever you get older, you need to buy some rental houses, you know, this is, this is where it's at. Uh, but I would always see him like, you know, underneath the sink, you know, you know, doing some kind of maintenance. I'm like, man, I don't want to do this, man. This is not really what I envisioned, uh, you know, as an adult. Um, but, um, you know, I, I uh, went to go work for BLW. I uh, did that for, for many years. Uh, during that time, you know, I, you know, had, uh, you know, got married. I had three kids. Uh, but then I started realizing, hey, man, you know, I'm working too much here. I'm spending too much time here. I need to find ways to create some kind of passive income, you know, or, um, you know, but real estate was a thing that kept popping up for me. Right. So, um, so then I started, you know, you know, researching and it was always real estate, real estate. And I'm like, you know what, it, my dad was right. He real estate is, you know, a good way to, to create some kind of uh, a passive income and create a good lifestyle. Um, it's just that he wasn't doing it the right way, you know, and, and um, you know, he was, you know, doing a lot of the work himself. Um, and, and to this day, he still does that, you know, but I mean, that's, that's him, you know, he, he enjoys what he does. Um, and so that's how I got my start in, in real estate uh, was uh, through a you know a couple of single family houses, um, but then uh, you know one of my single family houses was vacant, and, and you know if you're it's a single family house and you're vacant it's just a hundred percent you know uh, vacant or um, so you know I started uh, to apply the the rules to uh, to multifamily. I'm like you know if I have a team unit here and I'm one guy down then I'm still ninety percent occupied, and that was my my aha moment into the multifamily side of things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the the uh the long version of the, of the story but yeah that's that's how i got my my, my start into, into real estate no that's great and at what stage so how did what did the first deal look like for multifamily? how many units was it because i think like and i i get emails all the time from listeners too and we have a lot of folks on such as yourself that are that have um done, done great things and have been become successful but there's like always like a missing link, like, hey, you know, now they have like thousands of doors or do this. But when they went from multifamily, from single family to multifamily, what was that process like? Where did they start? What was their first deal before they started scaling? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for, for me, um, my first property was a 32 unit uh, multifamily property uh, that, um, you know, it was six months after my, my last single family house. So, you know, once I had my aha moment with uh, single family versus multifamily, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do multifamily. I'm not going to look back. Um, and so, yeah, it was a 32 unit uh, multifamily property that I actually acquired through, uh, through direct mail. Um, you know, some, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people out there say that, you know, it doesn't work. Direct mail doesn't work, but Hey, maybe I was lucky or, or maybe it was just the timing or something, but it, it worked for me, um, you know, on that property. It was a smaller property. I would say 32 units, but um, it does work, you know, so I would say that I'll just add that it does work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, cause that's the other thing is folks are saying, you know, at what stage does it make sense? Cause you want a property manager on there, right? So you don't, you don't necessarily want to um, basically now manage your entire building because it's, you know, 10 or 15 units basically. Right. And it doesn't make sense to have a full-time property manager or you need to get one to manage a couple of them. So that ties into it. 
Um, and share with us a little bit more. So you went from that, you took your, did your first multifamily deal. Um, at what stage did you have, was it an aha moment that you started pivoting and you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta find a better way to scale this instead of just using my own resources, my own knowledge and my own capital. At what stage should you venture into onto the syndication side of things? Yeah. And so that was, um, that's a very good question. You know, so that, um, you know, at that moment, I didn't really even know what like syndication was. Um, I don't know what that word meant. You know, it was just something, you know, I just kept, you know, researching, you know, and, and, you know, I wanted to scale. Um, I just didn't know necessarily how, how to best scale. Um, and so I was doing my own research, you know, listening to podcasts like, like yourself, like, like this one that, you know, um, that, that you have and which is, you know, great by the way. Um, and so, you know, I just started listening to podcasts, reading books, you know, doing those kind of things. Um, and then, you know, that's how I was able to, to learn and, and say, hey, you know what, this syndication thing, you know, uh, is great. So doing individual investing is great because you, you get more control. Uh, you know, there's, there's more equity in the deal. There's, there's more cash flow potentially. Um, but then there, there's a flip side to that. And the flip side for me was, hey, there, there's also more risk. You know, um, there's also more time that's involved. Um, and, you know, and then the, the other thing that you mentioned earlier was the resources. There's only so many, so many resources that, that, you know, can only go, go so far. Um, and so with the syndication model, it, it allowed, you know, you to, uh, to, you know, pull funds together, you know, you, you do as a team, as a group, um, and then you can go further. Right. Um, so that, that's kind of when, you know, it, it, I was like, you know what, this makes sense to me, you know, and, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was able to uh, learn more about that and then, uh, you know, get into some, uh, some syndications. Perfect. Perfect. Now is from your experience and, uh, on your journey, is there a framework that you use to make decisions from? Is there sort of a checklist when you're looking at deals? Um, uh, maybe you could dive into that and we'll, then we'll touch on markets uh, specifically after that. Yeah, no, de- definitely. And, you know, I would say that, you know, the checklist is, is somewhere, you know, it does go with, it starts with markets. Um, you know, that's, you know, specifically, I know you want to touch on that a little bit later, but we do, uh, you know, start with the market. Um, but we look for, um, you know, rent growth. We look for population growth. Uh, we look for, you know, properties, you know, B and C, um, you know, properties that, you know, that they have some kind of, you know, value add component to them. Um, you know, we're not looking for anything that that's fancy. We don't want the, the fancy and stuff, you know, on the block, um, you know, but we're also not looking in, in the hood, you know. So, um, you know, we, we definitely want, you know, some properties that, um, you know, 150 units and above, you know, it's kind of the, the range um, in, in strong primary uh, markets, you know. So, you know, it's kind of the, the checklist, you know, we don't have any um, specific checklist, you know, further than, than uh, you know, you know, any, any other details, you know, um, there's physical characteristics that we look for. Uh, but, uh, you know, if the numbers work out, um, you know, once we uh, underwrite them, you know, then they work out, right? So it doesn't really matter so much the physical characteristics. Uh, more is more important for us to determine the, the market that they're in. Right. And then what's the strategy after you guys have found the property and acquired that property? Is there a value add strategy? What are some of the things that you guys do to increase the value for investors? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, the things we try to look for is, is you know, first, you know, is it, is it, it run property, um, is run properly. Um, you know, so a lot of these, these are owners that have owned the, the properties for a long time. Um, for example, like the pr- last property that we, that we acquired um, just a couple of weeks ago, that, that's, this is a property that was, um, you know, owned and operated by the, the, the owner. They were self-managing the property. So they've owned it for 14 years. Um, so they were like on a shoestring type of budget, uh, doing very minimal repairs. Um, and so those are the, the kind of properties that provide, you know, 
some, uh, you know, pretty good opportunity. It doesn't mean that they're going to be the best deals. It just means that they, they do provide some opportunity. Um, you know, if you can justify, you know, the, the numbers and make them work, but we look for properties that uh, they have deferred maintenance, uh, that are below market rents. Um, you can go in there and improve the exterior, improve the interior, improve the operations, improve the management. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think you know, a lot of it is, is on-site staff has a lot to do with it, you know, and, um, you can take two similar properties that, that are similar construction. Um, you know, the, the, the numbers are pretty similar, um, you know, and, and, um, you know, compare the two, but if, if you have a better staff on one versus the other, then the one that has a better staff is going to win all day, you know? Um, so we look for those kind of, kind of opportunities and you can improve upon that. Then, then, uh, you know, then you got You got yourself a, a good opportunity there in front of you. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Kings, queens, and royal families, along with the nobility and ultra-rich, have warehoused and stored their wealth for centuries in gold and silver, art, land, and real estate. These assets have stood the test of time through centuries and have been a great place to preserve and protect their wealth. Like gold, silver, land, and real estate, art has been around for centuries and will be around for many, many more centuries. That's why the ultra-rich will continue to invest in art and preserve their wealth in art. While the S&P declined 5.1% in 2018, the art market returned 10.6% and was called the best investment of 2018 by the Wall Street Journal. Masterworks is the first company to allow investors to buy shares of great blue-chip art masterpieces by artists like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. You can get set up on their platform at cashflowninja.com forward slash art. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for higher yield returns from ATM machines and cell storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Estate Investor offers, such as their ATM and cell storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. So the markets and the one reason why I wanted to come back to it, and I know that you mentioned that's the first thing, obviously, that you look at, right? Um, what markets are you guys currently looking at? What markets are you guys currently active in? Um, and maybe you can elaborate why. And then also, uh, what's going on in those markets? Because every real estate market is different, right? So I always like to learn you know, and see where folks invest, why they invest there, and what's going on in those markets. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I am in Texas. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a, a little bit more natural for me to look in Texas. Uh, I'm in Houston specifically. Um, you know, so we do look for opportunities here in Houston. Uh, my first 32 unit, um, you know, that I first acquired was was here in the Houston area. Um, so we're, we're looking always in Houston. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we focus uh, right now um, in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. 
Um, that's a market that you know we're we're definitely looking in. I mean, we 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 have a, you know a couple of properties there, and you know we're actually investing final and on another property there. But you know, Dallas Fort Worth has you know what we look for as far as uh, it's first of all, it's a landlord friendly state, right? So Texas is, um, you know, you have um, you know it's a business friendly state as well, and you have uh, job growth. Anytime you have job growth, and you know we're looking at you know all these reports, and you're seeing all these different you know. Uh, Employers moving in, all these different companies moving in. Um, you know that's something that that excites us, right? So with that, you're going to have population growth, right? Because you know jobs drive population. So then you have population growth, and then with the population growth, um, you don't have enough supply because a lot of the the, the new uh, product that's coming out there is, is obviously that is brand new. So it's it's not uh, class B or C. Um, mm-hmm. So then there, there's diminished uh, supply in in the uh, affordable housing, workforce housing, uh, you know, space. So uh, so then you know that creates uh, demand, which is it also helps to uh, push you know the uh, rent growth. So then you you know all those kind of things they multiply. But the DFW is a market that we like, and, and uh, we're going to continue to look there um, and acquire different opportunities there. But uh, another market that we like is is Phoenix, and Phoenix is it has the same similar type of. Uh, you know, indicators and and uh, and growth that's, that that uh, Dallas Fort Worth has. Uh, we like Atlanta as well, um, and you know it has a lot of growth there. And, and you know, it seems like uh, you know that's a market that's a little uh, lagging behind a little bit on the on the cycle. And so it feels like you know there's still growth there. Um, you know, and, and so yeah, we, we like those those markets, and we're going to continue to look there. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Atlanta recently too. And then the other markets that you mentioned, I mean, there's a massive, massive migration going on in the United States. A lot of people are moving. Yeah, California, Illinois, New York. You're up by me, Connecticut, New Jersey, right? New York. A lot of folks are moving and they're, where are they moving? Well, they're moving to Arizona. They're moving to Texas, fleeing into Texas, right? And a lot of folks are going into to Florida. Um, and there's many different reasons why, but it's very, very interesting to see this kind of stuff. And there's actually been a lot of people moving into Georgia as well and Atlanta. And there's already a ton of companies there. Just think Coca-Cola, right? One yeah, of the big yeah. fortune. Yeah. And there's a lot of other fortune 100 and fortune 500 and fortune 1000 companies already active in that market, which is employment, which is jobs. Yeah. One of the interesting things about Atlanta is that, uh, you know, I just I just found that out. Like, I mean, I mean, it was like a year ago when I found this out. But uh, the the industry, you know, for for or the film industry in you know in Atlanta mm-hmm. is like second to like Hollywood or whatever. Um, and that was an interesting stat for me that uh, whenever I first you know heard about that, and it, that it, it definitely is going to further drive the population growth there. So yeah, all these markets, you know, they have similar similarities. Um, you know, like uh, Phoenix, Arizona, for example, it's you know it's it's right there. You know, with top five, um, top two, even last year. Um, in rent growth year over year, you know, so it's just one of those markets that's, that's exploding a lot of, you know, California capital moving into that, that, uh, that economy, you know, so it's, it's a good thing, thing to, to see there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the other things I wanted to uh, ask you too, is you have, you also have a show called Com- the Commit to Wealth podcast, which I've been featured on and been honored to be featured on your show. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned through that? Because that's been a great vehicle to also network, get your message out, uh, sharing with folks what you're doing. But what are some of the things that you've learned uh, with your show as well and having people on? What are some of the things that you're seeing? Yeah, no, th- thank you for for, uh, for asking that question. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, one thing that I have found to be pretty much across the board uh, for from everybody that I've interviewed is – 
you know, there's always going to be some kind of fear. Uh, but you know, everybody that has that I've interviewed has gone, gotten through that fear and they've taken action. And I think that's what really separates, you know, successful people from people that aren't as successful is, you know, everybody has the fear, but, but the people that are successful, they get through that and, and they're willing to take that action and, and take a risk, you know, and, and that's, that thing is, is common across the board from all the guests that I've interviewed. Um, you know, they, they, they have, you know, uh, integrity, they're, they're team players, uh, those kind of things. So it's very interesting to see different backgrounds, different, uh, different, uh, type of asset classes that people have been in and, um, and they're all, they all do it, you know, um, there, there's, you have to be able to take that action. Yeah, absolutely. And you're exposed to a lot of folks in different markets and in different areas as well. Uh, and a lot of people talk about a recession, a looming recession, market corrections, uh, a real estate market that's very, very, very hot at the moment. What are some of the things that you guys are doing in anticipation and preparing if there's a recession? If not, you know, then obviously things are moving along. Um, but what are some of the things that you guys are doing? Yeah, very good question. So for us, I mean, we always underwrite, you know, to historicals, right? So we look at the historicals and we see what happened, you know, whenever it was the Great Recession here, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Great Where were rent growths? You know, was it, you know, 2%? Was it 3%? You know, most likely it wasn't. It was like 1%. You know, if we can underwrite to those kind of numbers, um, then, then it helps us out. So rent growth, you look at the rent growth uh, historicals, you look at the economic vacancy historicals, right? Um, mm-hmm. You also look at the, um, you know, the, the cap rates, the historical cap rates. So you kind of look at all those things. Um, and if the numbers work out, even based on those historicals, then, then it makes us, um, you know, feel pretty confident moving forward. But another thing I would like to add is, is the, the debt. I mean, you'll hear this, you know, all the time, but the, the debt that you're, you know, getting on your properties is so very important. If these things are due in two or three, you know, you know, five years, um, and, you know, we have a recession in two, three, five years. Yeah, you can have job growth and you can have a ton of people and, and, and all that good stuff and, and population growth. But it's still, you know, jobs or, um, you know, population is, is a different thing versus capital markets. You know, capital markets dries up. That's a totally different thing than, than uh, the population growth. So, you know, we try to make sure that we have long-term uh, debt on the properties. And, and you got to make sure that you definitely are. Uh, conservative, you know, based on your historicals that you had recently, you know, in the last recession. And fixed debt too. Yes, fixed debt. Yeah, definitely very important to have that. Um, you know, if you're not having that, then uh, you're, you're playing with fire, you know, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've had coaches and mentors on your journey. Can you speak to the role that they've played and who are you currently studying and, and uh, who are you currently uh, looking at as far as, as mentors? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I definitely have, um, you know, had some some mentors. Um, you know, I, you know, a lot of the, the mentorship that I receive, you know, honestly, um, you know, if it's not, you know, one on one, it's it's uh, you know just listening to podcasts, uh, uh, just reading books, you know, those kind of things. You know, and and I think one of the big things about books is that you know these guys are have done something and they're they're super successful. And you're reading a book and you're pretty much reading their, their information, their mind, uh, and and you know they're they're uh, very generous for be, being able to to share that and willing to share that. So I think a lot of it has come through through books and those kind of things. But in the multifamily space, uh, you know, because that's what I do. Um, yeah. There's a couple guys that, that I like, um, you know, that, uh, you know, you know, hopefully I can, you know, even get to, to one tenth of what they do, um, you know, here, here in the local market. Um, and so, yeah, just try to, you know, you know, um, 
you know, be in their footsteps, you know. So one, one of his names is uh, Swap Neil Agarwal. I think he's, he's, uh, he's doing some great things, you know, here in Houston. Uh, out of, uh, he's with uh, Nate Your Capital uh, doing some awesome things. So I just, if I can, you know, be one-tenth of what that guy does, and I'll be, I'll say that's a pretty, pretty successful uh, career, you know. Great, great. Yeah, no, you, you make a really good point. I always say a book, right? If somebody writes a book or has a piece of content that they poured their heart and their soul into, there could be, I mean, you could download decades of knowledge in a book, right? I'm busy working on a project that's specific to the podcast and cash flow investing. And it's been, yes. that's two decades, basically, of my journey that you're going to be able to download right there. Wow. So if you want to speed up yep. things, it's like, hey, here's 20 years of my life that I've learned. You're boom, there you go, right? So very, very important. The other thing that um, uh, I also wanted to ask you because you've got a strong why, uh, beautiful family, there's a lot of good st- things going on uh, in your life. Uh, what's working in your personal life? What's working in your business life? And why does it work? Yeah, those are very good questions. I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, for, for, you know, personal, I mean, definitely what I try to do is, is spend as much time as I can with the, with the family, um, you know, because, uh, you know, those, those uh, moments, you know, you, we can't take it for granted, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of us, you know, we get caught up in, in the business side of things and, and wanted to grow and wanted to do this and that. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, they're really not that important, you know, and um, I actually just read a, an article just last night and, and it really, you know, touched my heart. But, um, you know, it, it was pretty much, you know, along the same lines, you know, there's a guy that lost uh, one of his sons. He had twins. He lost one of his sons. Um, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, talked about the last moments, the things that he, he regretted. Um, he pretty much just died in his sleep. Right. So um, and, and uh, he talked about the things that he regretted and he said that nothing is important. You know, everything that you do every single day is that important. You know, spend as much time as you can with, with your loved ones um, and just cherish those moments as much as you can. So uh, that's one thing that uh, it was a good reminder. You know, you have to have those kind of things. But um, in business, you know, it's, it's, it's always about the team. It's always about, you know, networking, uh, trying, to, trying to grow. And, um, you know, in, in this business, definitely, um, you know, um, people. It's a people business. And, and that's why I really enjoy the business. So just try to get out there as much as possible um, and network as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new things and learning things. What are you currently studying and learning? Yeah, that, that's a very good good point. Um, so I'm reading, um, uh, what, what is the book that I'm reading right now? Uh, good to Great. I think, yeah, Good to Great is, is the book that I'm reading. I've heard a lot of good good things about that book and, and um, you know, I'm just now, you know, uh, picking it up and, and reading through it. But, you know, um, as I said, you know, you know, I know that a lot of successful people, they, um, they tend to take action all the time. And mm-hmm. the same thing I said earlier, um, you know, they always take action um, and, and they have a, a strict schedule that they, you know, stick with, you know, on daily routine. Um, and, and that's very important for us to, to try to, you know, adapt uh, some kind of schedule like that to, uh, to, to make sure that, that we keep ourselves accountable. Right. So, uh, and, and then the other thing that they have is, is mentors, mentors, um, you know, and, and they're, they're not, um, they never stop learning. That's the thing. Right. So, uh, that's one thing that a lot of things that I admire about, you know, people that are successful, just keep pushing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, our core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass three principles and values to them uh, to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Yeah, that's another very good question. I like it. Um, so I would say, 
Uh, for sure, family. You know, I just touched touch on that right now. Um, family above anything else. You know, above all, family is the most important. You know, if you're listening to this right now, uh, you know, you know, stop, you know, hit pause and, and, you know, send your loved one a text, you know, message, whatever, uh, you show them that you're thinking about them, you know, but families is, is by far the most important. Um, and then I would say, uh, you know, another one is, is integrity, you know, um, you know, you always want to have, you know, good integrity. Um, you know, I don't want to do business with somebody that does, does not have that. Right. So that's a, that's a yeah. strong that you, you must have, um, and live every single day. Um, and then the other thing is, um, keep growing, keep learning, you know, never stop learning. Um, and there's so many things that, that, that we can learn so many things that, um, you know, even if you're an expert in your space, in your, your field, um, you don't know it all, you know? And so, so be humble, um, and, and keep learning and, uh, learn from others. So I would say that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, one, where can listeners and viewers learn more about you? Where can they find you? Uh, where can they reach out to you and where can they st- stay informed of all the projects that you're involved with? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I would say uh, the best uh, place for people to reach out to me is uh, shoot me an email. Uh, that's Juan at GenWealthCapital.com. Juan at GenWealthCapital.com. And people can also reach out to me, uh, you know, on social media. So I'm all over, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, and um, any, any one of those social media sites and you know, reach out to me and uh, just tell me that uh, you found me here on the show. We connected or you listened to me on the show and uh, like that, I know, you know, cause I get some requests. I'm like, I don't know who you are and I'm sorry, but I don't know who you are. And so that really helps, you know, to, to know, Hey, I listened to you on the Cashflow Ninja uh, podcast show. Absolutely. Well, Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you and always enjoy connecting with you and congratulations on all your success. And thank you for providing so much value for my listeners. Hey, thank you so much. Um, it was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I wish you continued success. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.